Hello and welcome to the Brazilian BA guest. I have a guest today who is Juan Santander Vela. He's going to talk about uh, with us about the Escal project. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing very well, Juan, there, but thank no you worries. for being here. No, thank you for inviting us. It's a pleasure to represent the, the observatory. I think this is going to be fun. Yes, I do. I do have a question for you, and I will give you some some time to explain what the observatory project is. But the, the, the question I have for you is, how are Agile teams working to create the world's greatest radio telescope? Well, it's not a, a, a straightforward question to answer. Let's see, we, some minutes we can explain it. We are trying to build what will be the largest radio telescope in the world. And we're not creating just one, we're creating two of them. And we want them to operate as a single observatory. That's the SK observatory. So this means that we need to create one observatory for high frequencies in South Africa and one observatory for lower frequencies in Australia, Western Australia. We need to make sure that the environment is completely uh, radio interference free. And we need to be checking when that is not the case uh, so that we can remove the data when uh, the data gets corrupted. And um, we doing this with a partnership that has countries from Canada to New Zealand and almost every country in between. So we essentially operating from minus nine in the UTC to plus 13 UTC. So essentially we have 21 <laughs> world zones, time zones. And that means that we need to have a good framework and a good way of uh, working software. And the reason why we choose Agile was because one of the main things when you have such a distributed workforce is that people need to be able to choose by themselves what's the most important thing that they need to do next. We cannot wait for them on having a big planning session and tell them, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. And then when there are problems, you need to come back again and tell it, okay, you solve this problem this way, you solve this problem this way, you solve this problem this way. This doesn't work. There is no way this can work because for the amount of people that we need, which is in the order of 200 people, we're working on all this software, that means you will have in the order of 40,000 interactions. And because those are all the connections that they can have uh, together. So what we're doing is trying to first have a way to organize the teams uh, and doing it in a way that is delivers the best result. And uh, we were looking into agile practices because we wanted the customer in this case the customer for a radio telescope is a little bit more difficult to define that for um, something It's not is, an alien, is it? Exactly. No, no, no. The aliens <laughs> are not our customers. <laughs> because we have kind, two kinds of cost, customers. While we develop in the telescope, the customer is essentially the astronomers that will validate that we build it, that we've built the right thing. But when we are operating the telescope, the customer will be the uh, astronomers that want to do interesting things with, the, with our radio telescopes. So we, will, we are now 
we are now focusing on our first kind of customer because the other kind of customer will only come later when there is a facility for them. And um, in, in the end, trying to find different methodologies, we chose the SAFE, the Scaled Agile Framework, because it was very well known across all of the world. So you could have people certified in any of the countries that uh, work for, for the SK uh, project. Uh, so that was a big plus for us. Plus we managed to, we, we actually did a kind of a, an auditioning of different frameworks. And Ian Spence from Ivor Jacobson, he was the, the person that really clicked in the way we were thinking together. So we started training people in SAFE and we now have what we call three agile release trainings combined into a, a SAFE solution. Yeah. To make it all even more complicated, we come from a very waterfall oriented design phase and uh, which we had gates and we had to pass a preliminary design review and then we had to pass a, a critical design review and then we did, a, we did an aggregated system critical design review and we do have what they call an integrated product schedule and so if we were not, uh, if we were working in a, in a normal way, we will be following the integrated product schedule to the letter. And these are the milestones, and this is what we're doing. And they will, it would be very difficult to introduce change uh, or adapt to change in these circumstances. It has already given us very many benefits. Um, Typically in this kind of projects, when you have the, this kind of integrated product schedule, it says within three years, you will receive X black box. And then you will try to interface with this black box and there is no way you can change the black box because the process to create that black box already finished. There's yeah. no one there. There might be some maintenance or there might be some uh, support contract, but to change it meaningfully, that's something that you cannot do. That's the idea of a waterfall, right? Exactly. You finish exactly. a stage and start a new stage. Exactly. And there is a bit of merit to that when it's really difficult to change things. So when, when it's, uh, it's you building um, a machine, a physical machinery, which are a lot of big parts that really need to be assembled together in a very careful way. Um, and they need to be tested that they be and each test is very expensive, then you can only afford to do that once in a while. Right. But with software, most of the software, you can really iterate very quickly. Uh, I see when you, when you talk the, the value of working in, a, in an approach that can accommodate change, that can embrace change as opportunity, and how hard it would be if you had a traditional uh, process for, for doing that, yeah, with this huge amount of people in different countries working in the same project, yeah. you you should you would need to have a plan very detailed for people to to, to work on, and you are being able to accommodate change in, uh, inside of but, that. That's wonderful. But also part of the problem is if you only if you do a very detailed plan where you also plan to utilize everyone that is contributing to that project at 100% of the time, 
anytime you have someone that has a family issue or has a health issue uh, or retires from the project, you get an impact uh, of trying to get someone else and get them on board. Um, so one of the things that we're also embracing is uh, that we have dedicated time for um, introspection. So what went well in the last uh, in the last three months and what didn't go so well and what we could do to, to improve things. And we believe we, we have several people, we have what's called in SAFE, I think it's called the Lean Agile um, Center of Excellence, which is a, a bit of a too grandiose name <laughs> for, for it. But essentially we have a number of people that we have, uh, we've gone through the SAFE program consultancy uh, training and um, we try to influence uh, how the organization works and trying to make them see the benefits of not having everyone running at 100%. And uh, the innovation that you can get when you can uh, get some, some of these people with some free time. But also, very important is to have this alignment. You tell them what you want to do, but you don't tell them exactly how you want them to do it. And that's why they can come up with different approaches. Um, again, if you go with the very detailed plan, the very detailed plan says, you must do as you say, and this is the design that we have and you have to follow it. Uh, but these teams, they said, well, we need to get this data. We need to produce this other kind of data. This is what the astronomers are interested about. What if we change this box in the middle and we can use something else instead? Uh, and that opens. Uh, so that means you need to be also very open about what you need and uh, what your potential issues are. And sometimes we cannot tell them exactly what we, what we want because it needs to be tested. And this is also a level of openness that in other projects, such telling a provider that you don't know something is kind of a, a, a very a clear weakness. way for a weakness that might be exploited by that provider. And the other thing, so the other thing that we're doing is that we embracing something called relational contracting, which is the theory that if you have contracts that instead of being transactional, so this is uh, what I get, this is, and this is what you get and that's all, but instead you try to build a relationship with uh, your providers and uh, you, you can increase your, your mutual transparency, um, then that benefits everyone because they can get more opportunities from the knowledge that is inside of the organization and you can get better service because they can understand better what you need. And if you tell them that something's not going as well as you expected, they can adapt to that more quickly. Um, so, and they also have the idea that this is for the long run of the, of the whole of the project. So not everything needs to be nickel and dimed, uh, trying to say, well, you, this cost me exactly two more cents than it used to, or this is making me work two more hours. This I like to call it the difference about contracting outputs and outcomes. 
And mm -hmm. when you have a very detailed plan, you are contracting outputs. And so your provider have to deliver you exactly what you said in the outputs he have to, 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 to deliver you. And when yeah. you contract for outcomes, he starts to be accountable for the outcomes. And he mm -hmm. have to decide what are the outputs necessary to bring that outcome. He have to think yeah. about the steps. He have to think about the solution. You're not expecting a specific solution. You're expecting a specific result or a specific yeah. outcome. And that, that relationship needs to have a lot of trust. Otherwise, it would not work. Exactly, exactly. Wanda, if people want to share information with you, people who are running big projects, and I say very big projects, and want to, to use Agile or Safe on it, how can they reach you? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn, Juan de Santander Vela. That's one way. I'm also on Twitter, uh, at uh, Juan de Sant. So my up to the T in my surname. And uh, yeah, uh, and I think if you go to the uh, observatory page, you will also find uh, the email there. Uh, please feel free to reach. We just love to have this project and to have more people contributing to it. I will add those address here below this video if someone wants to, to check on and to know okay. more about the scale observatory, it will be very interesting. Thank you, Wonder, and thank you for everyone who is watching us. Thank you, Fabrizio. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Obrigado. Adios. <laughs>